Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You oh. know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Got a... Got a brief nightcap for you tonight. Got an hour. It's Joe DiBiase here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Going to get you to Cardinals and 49ers Thursday night football coming up at 8 o'clock. 3-4-1 Arizona versus uh, hosting the undefeated San Francisco 49ers. It's a pretty good game as far as Thursday night football standards go. We'll hear from John Clayton as our interview of the day a little bit later on. Talk some Bills, talk some football. The Sabres are in action tomorrow. Had a good discussion about them yesterday on the blue line in general. I want to do a lot on the Bills today, and um, if you want to get in on it, 803-0550 is the phone number. 555-50 is the text line, at Sneaky Joe on Twitter, if you're looking to do it that way. So, thinking a lot about this game over the past couple days. This is my final show of the week. I haven't got a lot into the specific matchup, uh, actually, when it comes down to it. And... This week feels very much like the Miami week for me a couple of weeks ago. This is a game of where I, I really don't know what we can learn about the Bills in a positive way. Now, Allen could go out there and throw for 400 yards. And that's going to feel like, it's going to be, we'll learn something from that. We'll look at the Bills, we'll look at Josh Allen and say, alright, now, depending on their matchup, depending on who they're playing, and maybe depending on conditions, it might snow this weekend, so maybe that's not going to be uh, much of. Maybe that's not going to help them out much. But will this passing offense? Will Josh Allen be able to show that even against weak opponents, they're able to have a big day through the air? And a big day should qualify as 300 yards. That's a benchmark. That's not even that high. You know, once in a while, quarterbacks will throw for 400, hell, 500 yards. Matt Schaub threw for almost 500 yards last week. Guys have played football in like 20 years. He just comes off the bench for a terrible team, and I know they were trailing a lot, but there it is. The Bills were trailing a lot last week. Didn't see that from Allen. So maybe you could learn something in a positive way there. But this is another game where the feeling around the team doesn't change a whole lot, I think, if they win. Unless they just stomp Washington, which could happen. But what's more likely might be something similar to Miami. Maybe they're not trailing into the third quarter, and maybe they're not, you know, six dolphin yards away from going down two scores to the worst team in football. But 
you know, a nice comfortable win. You don't blow them out. Maybe you you win 20 to 10. Like you you fall right around the spread. 24 to, to 13, something like that. Like a good, comfortable win against the team you should beat. And then what are we going to be talking about in here? We're going to be talking about a 6-2 and two football team that still has not really beaten any good teams because when you look back at the Bills' wins right now, they beat the Jets, who have one win. They beat the Giants, who I think have two wins. They beat the Bengals, who have yet to win. They beat Tennessee, who's their most impressive win, and they're only 500. They beat Miami, who's yet to win. And then, here's Washington, one win. And it was against Miami. So, that's kind of been the story of the season to me, though. It's almost hard to really judge how good the Bills are. I think it's it's safe to say they're good. They're at least somewhat good. But, like, how good? And every opportunity they've had so far to really make you think that way. To really make you think, all right, this team, they could they could win a playoff game. What they have not done that yet. Philly was a chance to do that. New England, of course, was a chance to do that. Your two losses were your biggest tests. So Washington's not a test. It's hard for me to get to at Cleveland being a test right now, the way that offense is functioning in Cleveland. It is so basic. It reminds me a ton of the Rick Dennison offense that the Bills had a couple years ago, where it just looked like the guys were were running a preseason uh, offense. Just Manila, not wanting to show anything. Not a lot of scheming looking, not a lot of misdirection, not a lot of creativity. That's what the Browns remind me of right now. So, even how big a test is that? Probably Dallas is your next big test, and that's it's almost December by that point. It's Thanksgiving. Today's Halloween. We're talking about the Bills' next real test maybe being Thanksgiving. So until then, you'll have to look for little things. I'll look for little things, like how badly they beat Washington if they do beat them. If they lose, it's going to be a disaster. If what Allen does within those games, what certain individuals do within those games, yeah, that, that, will, that will sway you one way or the other. That'll sway me one way or the other. But until I see them play Dallas... Baltimore, the Patriots again. And if they're, until I see them win a game against a team like that, then I'm not at a point where I think they could win a playoff game. Not yet. Because that's a road game against a really good team. And you got to prove to me you can beat a really good team before I can start to think about you actually doing that when it matters most. So here's where I'm at with them. That's what I'm trying to figure out. And maybe this Washington game will give me a little sense of where they're going to end up being. But probably not. I'm starting to really think about, or I'm thinking a lot more about, is this a team that can win a playoff game rather than are they just going to make the playoffs? Because the minimum, the bare minimum, should be they make the playoffs at this point. Like those games I just mentioned... I really only believe they have three true tests left on the schedule. Dallas, New England, and Baltimore. That's it. You, they, The Bills should beat every other team on the schedule. And how many wins is that? That's 11. Let's say you fail all of those three tests that I think you've got in front of you. Let's say you fail it. You lose to Baltimore at home. You lose to New England at Foxborough. Maybe that's in prime time. You lose to Dallas on Thanksgiving. 
You win the rest of the games that you should, and you're 11-5. and five. This is how good the math is for the Bills. That's 11-5. and five. That might be a two-win buffer between you and a non-playoff team. So think about it that way. Of those other games you play, you'd have to lose two, maybe three, to miss. That's how big a disaster missing the playoffs would be. And that's why I'm not really thinking about it a whole lot. If I just assumed that Dallas, New England, and Baltimore, I know that's not in order, let's just assume they all beat the Bills, which I don't even think I want to do that. Because I'm still, like I said, I'm trying to figure out where the Bills are really going to stack up at the end of the year in the AFC. Not even in record, but like how good they actually are. You got to get three other losses somewhere. Washington, Cleveland, Miami, Denver, Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph, the Jets. Three of those games. How, how the hell are they losing three of those games? Even two. And honestly, what's their conference record? I haven't even started looking at tiebreakers. But like they could get in 9-7. and seven, And that would be with losing games to either Miami or Washington or one of these terrible teams. So, like their playoff odds... Like, 538's got them at, like, 60-some percent right now. ESPN has them at about 58%, I think, their uh, their index, their football index. And I'm looking at those numbers, and I'm thinking, guys, you don't even have to think the Bills are good to think that their playoff odds are, like, 80%. Just look at who they play. That's all you got to look at. That's the story of this season so far for me. It's their schedule and how amazingly bad it's it's developed into being. And the good news is, year three... It lined up. The organization's plan, coincidentally, lined up, I would imagine coincidentally, lined up with a really bad and very favorable schedule. Like This was the year they were supposed to be good. This was the year they were supposed to take that jump. No longer think about rebuilding. Have we mentioned that word yet this year? We haven't. Because they're not rebuilding. They're also 5-2. and two. I, I, I know that. And you're never going to talk about rebuilding if you're 5-2. and two. But we haven't said that word. This year is the next step. And so far, they're doing well enough. But the things I'm looking for, and this is why, to me, like this game feels different to me than a lot of Bills games in the past. Because for the most part, in my lifetime, basically growing up in the drought, they are always playing from behind. Not even in specific games, but in the standings. They're always playing from behind. And you have to start doing the math at times like now. You have to start thinking, all right, well, they got to win five of their next seven, and uh, you'll need this to happen. You need a tiebreaker here, and you'll have to win five of your next seven. Or you'll get to, oh, let's see, they're, what are they? They're, they're, they are six and seven. You win your last three. I know you got to play New England, but you got to beat them at some point. And then I got to get Baltimore to win this game so I can get a tiebreaker and point differential and conference record. So I need the Bengals to beat the, to, to lose to the Jets instead of the, the Eagles. Just, ah, uh, craziness. This year, it's much simpler. It's much, it's much more comfortable. It's much nicer. Just, hey, just win the games you should. You're in. You're in comfortably if you just win the games you should. You have some wiggle room. You have a margin for error. You could lose to Miami if you want, and you win the rest of the games you should. You're in. That's where they're at. So this game this week feels a lot different to me in this in that in that regard. It's almost like 
there, I imagine this is must be what like New England fans feel once in a while, or Kansas City fans, like teams that are usually good. It's you're playing a bad team, and it's all right. Like yeah, the the, the only way to go here is down. You win, and it's the status quo. We keep going, and we keep moving along. We, you win this game, and we just keep going. And we're right in the same spot we were. Thinking that they should win, and thinking that just don't mess up, and you're, you're in. You're in the playoffs. That's kind of what this game is for me. And there's this big, massive drop-off. On the off chance they were to lose this game to what's probably going to be Dwayne Haskins, a quarterback for Washington. A guy that has often been talked about as not being ready to play in the NFL this entire season. There are reports about him not being a very hard worker, not being very dedicated to the film. And from what we saw when he got the little bit of playing time that he did, you can really tell this guy's not ready to play. You can really tell that. And the way it's trending right now, he's their starting quarterback against Washington. Or against the Bills. And the rest of the team, you know, it's like the team is the rest of the team stuck in 2006. It's or 2008 or whatever. Adrian Peterson, Vernon Davis, like, holy cow, these guys are still playing football. The defense is not that great. They have one nice receiver, rookie Terry McLaurin, third round pick. He's nice. That's about it. That's about it. So there's nothing really to be scared of about this team. And you're home. So I almost don't even want to entertain the thought that they could lose this game. They're a 10 point favorite, it's a big number. But if they were to lose this game, that, that's kind of that massive drop-off, that massive downside that I'm not really used to with the Bills. Like, the Bills, this maybe the first year in a long time, like they should beat a lot of teams on their schedule. How often does that happen? How many years do the Bills, should the Bills like actually be expected to win a game? Where it's like, it's a, this massive shock if they don't. That's this week. That's another version of the Miami game a couple weeks ago. And if you're a fan out there listening to this right now, and I don't mean to be like a Debbie Downer right now going into this game, because like I said, I think the Bills are going to win this game easily. I don't think Washington has much of anything. And I think the quarterback against this defense on the road for his first start might be an epic disaster. Like he might throw five interceptions in this game, and I don't know if I'd be surprised by that. If you were Peterman bad and he threw them all in the first half, I'd probably be surprised, but that's, ridic- that's a ridiculous number. Only Peterman can do that so far in the league. So, when thinking about all of that and looking at what's in front of them, and that really, I think, allows me to take a look at other stuff that's going on. Josh Allen, and I, I think that I, I, don't, I don't like not... I don't like fans and media and anybody, anybody that wants to make the point where, oh, they're 6-2, and two. let's all settle down. Something like that. It's like, no, we can still watch the team, we can still look for what they need to be, and what they need to improve, we can look at and see what they need to upgrade, because this year's nice, and this year is fun, and this year's going really well, but... Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean are not going to just be judged on this year alone. Like, what I'm trying to find out right now is not just are they going to make the playoffs this year, because I'm pretty certain they are. I'm pretty certain that's going to happen. What I'm trying to figure out is are all of these guys the right men for the job for a long time? 
So even though they're good right now, and of course I'm not just thinking long term, that's something you do when you're tanking like Miami, I am thinking a lot about the long term. I am thinking about what this season means to all of that. And I mentioned this yesterday on the show, Chicago is kind of scaring me a little bit because they were the team that was always compared to the Bills. And last year, Trubisky looked pretty good. Trubisky's numbers were nice. He was all right. He was a lot better than his rookie season. He had taken a jump up. He still needed to get a lot better than what he was last year, Trubisky, to be a franchise quarterback. That's no doubt about that. And I made this point last night. Just because you improve from year one to year two doesn't automatically mean you're going to keep going up. It doesn't. Chicago's got a really nice coaching staff there. Matt Nagy and that system, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very modern. It's very Kansas City-esque. That's where he comes from, Kansas City. It looks a lot like the Rams. A lot of misdirection, uh, a lot of short screen passes, getting the ball in playmakers' hands, making it as easy for the quarterback to be successful as possible. That's the new NFL. And despite all of that, and despite bringing back largely the same roster for year three with Trubisky, He took a big step back. He has stunk this year. A lot. And they're scaring me a little bit, not to lie, um, on what the Bills are long-term because I do think there are so many similarities between the two teams that like, you got to look in the mirror and say, hey, look at Chicago. You don't want that to be you next year. They went 12-4 and last year. It doesn't, just because you're having one great year doesn't mean that you found your franchise quarterback, you found your franchise head coach, and you found your franchise general manager, if uh, I can use that terminology. We'll take a time out here. We'll get to John Clayton as our interview of the day. Some phone calls to 803 after the break on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 